I'm back! What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mike Janella Show. My name is Mike. Obviously, this is my 52nd podcast episode. Hopefully, it won't be my last. You guys had a week off last week because I was in Asia visiting my brother, traveling around. Hope you got to enjoy some old episodes or even a break from me if you wanted. But now I'm back, and it's May, and it's like 95 degrees outside, so I'm happy to be in here in the air conditioning giving you guys another episode to enjoy this week. All right, this week, very special guest. And I, mean, I say that a lot, but this is special in a very unique way because normally I like to talk to people maybe I haven't met before, someone that has like a cool career or a job that uh, I just liked and reached out to you on Twitter or that I knew from working with in the past. But this guest hits so close to home. He's my baby cousin. He just graduated college. John Richard, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> what's going on? Not much, dude. How are you? I'm doing all right. Not too bad. It is, uh, it's our eight-year anniversary of friend- Facebook friendship. We just found that out today together, so it's very appropriate we're recording today. And uh, yeah, man, you're, you're 10 years younger than me. The reason that I have you on, John, is because I was just at your college graduation last weekend, which was fun. Are you over the hangover yet? Uh, the hangover is definitely still uh, continuing. <laughs> it happens to us all. I've been there. Your cousin, the other cousins have been there. It's it's part of the rite of passage. But no, the reason I wanted to get John Richard on this week, uh, John Richard Marks, my first cousin, was because I was at the graduation, right? And I was listening to the speakers and the commencement speakers, and I'm seeing all the stuff that's been going on in the world today. Obviously, we've got an interesting president in office, uh, the, the world at large. It's a very interesting time to become an adult and kind of come into the real world. And I wanted to talk to someone who's right there in the fire and see what it's like and just kind of what kids are up to these days because I like to try and at least stay in touch with the future. So you think you can do that for us? Yeah, I think I'd be able to help out. Beautiful. Now, my one goal is to – you have a job lined up already, right, which is starting in a few weeks. You don't have to give specifics because I don't want to incriminate you. But our goal is to not get you fired before the job starts. That would be ideal. So we don't want you to, <laughs> to say anything that will get you in too much trouble. And again, uh, yeah, it's my show, so I can do whatever I want. got my family on, and we're going to chat. So, John, I start every show the same way with everybody. I try and get off on a good foot. I'm assuming that the answer is going to be the reason that I have you on this show. But what was the best thing – to happen to you this past week, man? <laughs> oh, of course, besides being on the show. Besides being um, on the show. Good answer, though. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would definitely say, obviously, graduation. I mean, probably one of the biggest steps in my past that I can imagine, and hopefully one of the biggest ones that will – or one of the big ones that will go on in my life. Good. That was the right answer. And, I, and like I said, <laughs> it was kind of the obvious one, but I have to ask the question because I do that every episode. So you graduated, Drew University, class of 2017 in Jersey. So talk to me, John. We'll talk about you specifically in a second, but what was the, the one biggest emotion that you think all your friends, your classmates felt at graduating? Was it relief, fear, uh, trepidation, like unknowingness, what was the biggest feeling that you kind of sensed going around campus? Uh, honestly, I don't think you can kind of pin it to one emotion. I think it kind of comes down to all of those tied together. I mean, I graduated uh, with 10 other of my teammates from playing soccer throughout the course of these four years. And uh, we, we all had different stories, different fears, different excitements about this new chapter in our life. And, uh, we had a, definitely a bunch of emotional conversations leading up to it because we have our senior week before graduation. And we had a couple of teammates go through different family hardships uh, recently. So uh, there was a lot of just pure emotion, I guess is the best way to say it, really just flowing through everybody. Um, but, yeah, a lot of kids scared, a lot of kids excited, 
lot of kids mix with everything. I mean, just the fact that it's it's quote unquote done uh, and that a new chapter begins. I think that there's always a little excitement, but also a lot of fear. Yeah, dude, it's over. It's been 10 years for me, and I still feel like I'm going back after a really long semester break sometimes, but (laughs) it hits you in the face. All right, so what about you specifically? You mentioned that a lot of your different friends had different feelings, but uh, what about about you? What are your feelings becoming an adult now? Uh, I mean, if you had asked me this question uh, a couple months ago when I was going through the whole entire job application process, obviously I'd reached out to you and uh, Joe and Brian about getting some help as well. Um, it, it would have been, it would have been nothing but pure fear, uh, just out of no, nothing, no, nothing secured, nothing definite, just afraid. Um, but obviously getting a job at a company I'm excited to work for, it's, it's exciting for me now. I've worked hard over the course of the four years. Uh, uh at least I probably have to say that, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Your dad will but be now, happy to hear that. yeah, absolutely. Uh, but no, it was, it's now it's just, it's kind of exciting. I mean, it was an emotional graduation for me, uh, and it was an emotional time, but now I've moved past that kind of being upset about not coming back. And I'm sure those feelings will come back once I see everyone getting ready for preseason and whatnot. But, uh, ultimately for me, it's more just about excitement. Isn't that crazy how a job can be such a, an influencer when you don't have one. And I was the same way. When I was in that job hunt and searching as a senior in college to find out what I was going to do after graduation, you're scared and you don't want to leave school because you're like, holy shit, what's going to happen? But then once you get a job, it's this weight off your shoulders and all of a sudden, adulthood doesn't seem so bad. The real world seems kind of cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely petrified of what's to come. And then once you secure it, it kind of feels like you got a 4.0 for the semester. You just Everything just feels <laughs> that much better. Get that senioritis. You already know they have the job, so you don't have to work that hard in <laughs> class anymore. Uh, I'll say it for you so you don't have to. Um, what, what, what is it like for you? Obviously, you, you found a gig to come up after school, which is great. It's going to be a full-time job. And that's when it's going to hit you that you're going to miss college is when you have to wake up Monday through Friday uh, at 7 or 8 a.m. or whatever. But the rest of your, I guess, peers, what's their confidence in the job force in the world? Like, are you guys... I know it's hard to pin it down to a whole group, but are you excited to get into the workforce or is it still kind of rough for people out there? Oh, it's honestly, I don't, I don't think any of us really understood how difficult it was going to be to find a job until we actually all started. We all kind of throughout these last four years just thought that if we uh, applied ourselves in the education uh, world and extracurricular world, going out volunteering, getting internships, that we'd be it would just be kind of a walk in the park. We'd apply to a job. They'd reach back out to us, and we'd go crush an interview. Um, that's, but no, right? honestly, that's the biggest lie, right, is that it, if you just do what you're supposed to do, you'll get what you think you're supposed to get. That's not actually how it works. No, it's the world's biggest lie. Um, it's, it's intimidating, and it's scary, and it took a long time for a lot of us. Uh, there's actually still people who I know who have GPAs better than mine who have done more than me who are still out there looking for a job. I mean, I must have applied to – 70 80 places and i know of my friends who are applying to four places a day for three four months straight uh, and finally got one before graduation i mean it's it's really really difficult to get a job and even more difficult to get a job that we actually think we'd enjoy doing luckily i was able to get that right because that's what happens a lot of people when they have to wait a long time to find a job they'll just take anything even if it going to make them miserable because they just feel they have to get the money in sometimes they do to keep the lights on or they just feel the pressure so i get it i get it so what what are your biggest worries then about 
adulthood. I think that was a big worry for me was getting a job that I was going to hate just because I felt like I had to do something. And then that would put me on a path to just hating my whole life. Luckily, that didn't happen. But what are some big worries you have coming out of school? I would say similar to the rest of the working world, probably paying off bills. Um, I mean, luckily, I graduated with uh, not too bad of a student loan. Um, Parents obviously helped me out incredibly with that. Um, But, I mean, just paying bills. I sat down with my father uh, the other other week and just kind of went over everything that was necessary to get paid for. And me taking a sales position, uh, it relies not just on a base salary, but also how well I perform at my job. So in terms of uh, what's next and what's scariest, it's probably making sure I can pay those bills and not just paying the bill just to pay it, but also having extra money in the bank in case something was to go wrong. Do you know anyone that's already saving money? Were they doing it in school? Is it possible or anyone that's saving right now? Uh, Actually, talking to one who saved a little bit of money, um, I was – I was forced to, don't get me wrong, I was definitely spending way too much uh, first three and a half years of college, but uh, I got an internship and I had a job on campus, so we decided to take the money from my internship and put it away, but I also know a lot of my Smart. friends who I live with, yeah, a lot of my friends who I live with during the course of the summer when they had their jobs would put uh, the vast majority of their money away. Yeah, because I remember looking back now, I didn't really start putting money into a savings account now, like my parents luckily gave me a little bit to start off with as well, which was a nice head start. But me personally, anytime I got money in college, and it wasn't much, I'd get like 100 bucks a week working at the student paper or something, it would go straight to Bud Lights or Taco Bell. And <laughs> I just wish looking back that, you know, maybe you throw a couple bucks in a savings account to start that earlier. But, you know, you live and learn. That's what being an adult's all about. So what is, John, the the big expectation because now in retrospect like i i know i wish i could have saved earlier or maybe taken this job instead of that job all with the goal of getting like to where i am now just maybe a little bit easier but now in your shoes you're 10 years behind me your whole class is what's the what's the dream or the expectation for people your age like by the time you hit 30 which i know is a hard thing to think about right now (laughs) By the time you hit 30, is it still, hey, I want to have a wife or a husband and a kid, two kids. I want to just be single and have a job. I want to be making six figures. Like for you guys, when you think of being 30, what do you see yourself doing and being? Yeah, I mean, we've actually had a lot of those conversations, me and a couple of kids that I live with uh, specifically. Really? Got that deep in the house? Oh, I got that deep, my friend. Wow. Um, Yeah, no, we were talking about – just what's next and what's to come and what our future lives are really going to be like and where we actually see ourselves 10 years from now. And, I mean, when we get hit with that question on an interview, you can't help but ask your, your buddies what, uh, what they think and where they think uh, we're going to end up being. So I think for us, uh, I think social media has played a large role in influencing our decisions. For better um, or worse. Yeah, for better or for worse. Um, but, I mean, there's definitely some kids, I mean, who want to go the path of traveling and kind of just living life day by day and enjoying themselves that way. And then there's other people who want to go for uh, the saving aspect and making sure that they're taken care of and that their future family is taken care of. And there's kids like me who are in between. Uh, I've kind of grown accustomed to uh, traveling as privileged as that sounds. Um, And I kind of want to continue that. But at the same time, you have to look forward to uh, getting that house and taking care of a whole bunch of things and really saving in advance. So I would say the, the next exciting thing would definitely, or where I see myself at 30, uh, hopefully with a, with a woman who I'm uh, interested in that makes grandma proud. Uh, <laughs> who can put up with you? Yeah, who can put up with me. God bless her for that. 
and then uh, just kind of being able to travel and do everything that I've grown to love. Yeah, it's a lot different because when you're traveling as a kid, mom and dad are usually buying the plane ticket and all your food. Now you got to start doing that stuff yourself, and life changes slightly. Um, <laughs> yeah, just slightly. No, it's interesting because when I was your age, I figured by 30, yeah, definitely, oh, I'll definitely be married and not, maybe not a kid, but you know, we'll be thinking about it. And I, I thought I'd be uh, at a job that I had, would have been at at that point for you know, a while. And that's not what happens at all. Like the script you have in your mind completely goes out the window. You might find the girl of your dreams tomorrow and be married next year, and that could all be completely different. But it's just funny because the American dream, right, it's typically own a house in the suburbs with a kid or two and like have that job already. But I think, you're, I think you guys already realize that's just not always possible or even yeah, desirable. I think, yeah, I don't think that necessarily the white picket fence dream is still, uh, still alive, uh, but – in terms of people wanting to settle down, obviously, like it takes takes different times, different uh, people go through life at different stages. So it all kind of depends on that individual. So what? So I guess we you already talked about kind of individually what you what you see yourself at at thirty. So I won't grill you anymore because you can get plenty of that when we have the the family party for your graduation uh, a little <laughs> bit later on this week. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, our, our president, Donald Trump. Now he's someone that is affecting a lot of stuff uh, for you guys. Because when you're in college, I think you're kind of in a bubble, right? All you care about is – or not all you care about, but all you deal with is you got your classwork, you got your friends and your parties. Now you're coming into a world where there's so much happening all over the place. Have you guys been in a bit of a bubble? Is it kind of scary knowing the world you're coming into where there's so much turmoil for you know for one side or the other now that you're going to actually be in it and have to be held responsible for a lot of the actions you take yeah i mean absolutely i would definitely say uh as a as a country or even just as a a student body there's kind of this cloud uh over all of us and uh obviously you heard uh the speech that was given at my graduation by a reverend who uh, took political a couple of political shots, and obviously we're at a liberal school, so a lot of yeah, it lot leaned of us very aren't. left that speech. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very very left. But uh, no, nah, all of us, all of us are looking towards our future, and I think anyone who's hoping he doesn't succeed doesn't necessarily do us any favors. Uh, but in terms of what's like, one of the scariest things for college students and focusing on us is that whole entire debt aspect and paying back those student loans. And I actually read an article the other day that had to do with uh, why people weren't purchasing their cap and gowns at $140. And it was in terms of because our business department has spent so long focusing us on investing and how a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. And if we didn't spend that $140 on our cap and gowns and instead invested it with an interest rate 7%, then we end up getting it up to like $740 that can go off towards paying our student loans over the course of 25 years. So it's and the fact that our student debt, you, you're not able, it's even if you declare bankruptcy, our debt isn't forgiven. That still needs to get paid. So there's just a lot of a lot of scary aspects that go into it. And you kind of just hope that whoever is in charge and whoever is looking down on us regular citizens entering the world that uh, they take they take us into account as well. So do you get because obviously that's a, I mean, that's interesting to not buy a cap and gown and to already think that far down the road. Because I would have never thought that kind of stuff when I was your age. But do you do you look back and maybe you weren't old enough yet to appreciate it? And obviously there were certain classes before you that had it worse off, particularly right around 
the recession in the late end of the last decade where you couldn't get a job for the life of you for years. You know, obviously they were probably in a worse spot, but do you look back at maybe more recent classes last five years or so and think, man, I wish I could have graduated at that time. Or are you happy with the time you're coming out of school right now? Well, I'm personally happy just simply because I got a job, but uh, speaking on behalf of how I think an entire class would feel, uh, I would say if you go back a couple of years, I mean, it just there's kind of a better overwhelming sense of uh, maybe country. I wouldn't even like go as far as say country unity, but just a less division, if you will. And just the fact that everyone kind of started off their day with a smile instead of kind of waking up and just being like, well, what's what's next? What's what next overwhelming country event is going to take place and just kind of scare everyone or start the next division or start the next movement? Like what's going to happen? So uh, it's it's less in, it's more intimidating now than I think it was for kids a couple of years ago, and there's just like a less of a sense of overall and pure happiness I think as a collective whole. And you, I mean, you, you were a liberal school, right? So I'm assuming most of your peers were very. You're talking about a country divided. They were very anti the current regime and system. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. The vast majority of our school is. I actually lived with three kids who were Trump supporters. And three, and me, myself, and two other people were not necessarily Trump supporters themselves, ourselves rather. So uh, you can look as closest to my room to understand the division. We actually had um, our room egged because one of my sweet mates hung up uh, Trump signs in our in our room. Wow! Uh, really? No yeah. shit. Yeah. So we got uh, we actually got egged by a couple of people who uh, were in Trump supporters. Or yeah. So we got uh, hit pretty hard with that and smelt for a little bit, but we got it taken care of. Wow, but hey, if you guys could live together, then this country can bond together. That's proof in the pudding, man. <laughs> yeah, you'd like to think so, but I think uh, it goes a little bit deeper than that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not that easy at all. Is it, in terms of actually doing something, I guess, about it, because it's easy to say I'm a supporter of this or I'm a supporter of that, but if, if you're 21 and you're a college kid, you got so much stuff on your plate already. I mean, I guess it's a bit of a tangent, but what's your guys' thought processes in terms of these you know marches and protesting and doing stuff because you see all these people taking say a weekend off to go to Washington and march or volunteering with the ACLU or or any or donating money that's all stuff you really don't have like you're trying to find a job you're broke I'm not just you specifically but your generation you got classes to worry about you've got to study you've got to get your grades you got a job hunt is are you guys able to still be as active and vocal in your beliefs or is just having that belief kind of as far as you can go uh, no, I mean, it definitely depends on how strong of a belief you have and how willing you are to kind of push forward. If no one was willing to sacrifice one thing to try and make a change in the world, then do they actually believe that hard in it? Um, and I mean, obviously we're, yeah, we're put into different positions in order to succeed, but it's kind of ultimately what you decide to do with your, with your time and with your life. It's about what the decisions you want to make. And for me personally, I haven't been able to do anything besides just kind of spread my opinion and encourage those who are trying to make a difference to continue making their difference. But I mean, I would say in the, in the near future, I hope to be able to kind of help make a change. If there's, there's a lot of things that are going wrong in this, in this country specifically and overwhelming, definitely the world. So, I mean, in terms of trying to make a difference, then yeah, it's kind of finding what you believe in and making sure that no one else can take that away from you. And not just posting about it on social media, but actually doing something about it. Yeah, yeah. not just sending out 140 <laughs> characters and hoping that makes a big enough difference. 
Uh, it's all a drop in the bucket. All right, this is all like sad. We're talking sad, like boring adult <laughs> stuff. Let's talk some fun. What's college like these days, man? Because I remember four of the best years of my life, and obviously everyone still has that stereotypical assumption. It's keg parties, and it's you know staying up till three in the morning playing video games, and it's class when you feel like it. Uh, you were a little bit different because you were uh, an athlete. You played for us, the soccer team at Drew. But what's college like these days, man? What's what's different from what it used to be? From what you've heard stories from us, or what's new? How what's it like being a kid at university nowadays? <laughs> well, I can say definitely I picked up a little bit when I was uh, twenty one. <laughs> uh, I wonder to why. Yeah, being able to go out to Morristown where they took all of my money. So thank you, Iron Bar and Grasshopper, for that. Um, but no, nah, college is everything you kind of you hear about and more. It was four of the best years of my life with a group of guys who I can now consider to be brothers more than friends. And uh, from from the kegs that we got to the bottles to going out to Morristown on a Monday night just because we could and staying and going then going out Tuesday night for dollar beers at fifty four May. It's just it's uh. just the best, the best of times, and then the worst of the hangovers. But every, there's, you kind of look back on it and say, "Damn, I, I, I wish I did that more." But luckily, we spent our senior year kind of with that uh, method of, you know what, we're gonna go big because this is kind of our last time to just go get trashed on a Monday, wake up, and Tuesday morning and be able to skip class and wake up at twelve o'clock and not really give a crap about the work <laughs> like anything else. <laughs> It's funny because you always think, oh, I should have done that more. I should have uh, not taken it for granted. But I think about my senior year, and I was going out six nights a week. And same thing. It's dollar beers on Tuesday, and it's flip night on Wednesday where you call heads or tails, and the beer is free if you get the coin flip right. And it's $3 pitchers on Fridays. And there wasn't any more you could do, really, without ending up in the hospital. So I think you, you took advantage of it plenty. But I do get where you're coming from, kind of that wistfulness, because, yeah, you can't just go out on a Monday and do whatever you want now because you have to wake up for that 8 a.m. meeting with accounting the next morning or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's – so you mentioned how it kind of changed. I guess that's the same. Once you're 21, you hit up the bar scene a little bit more. What about the party, like, before that, underage? And you don't have to incriminate yourself or anyone, but, you know – Back, back in my day, it was more frat parties, and it started turning while I was in school, where those became less popular, and it was more into a house party thing. And now you're seeing so many of these horrible stories of you know kids being forced to do stuff, whether at Greek houses or at house parties. What's that vibe like? Because at a bar, it's a little bit more controlled. What's the scene like? Is it, is it really out of control when you're trying to be an undergrad, an underage, trying to party, or is that just isolated incidents that make the news? Uh, I, it's isolated incidents, but I mean, there's also, there's, there's cases where stuff like that could happen even at, at my school. I mean, my university was relatively small in terms of the undergrad population compared to the likes of Penn state or anywhere else that's been incriminated. But yeah, kids get, kids get reckless kids. Once they get a couple shots and then they get that drunk confidence going and they kind of feel like they're on top of the world and there's no real stopping, especially you never really understood how, uh, peer pressure existed until you step into uh, a college party and you have all your older buddies or older teammates just kind of like, all right, come on, another one. No, another one. I mean, as an 18-year-old, you don't really know what to expect, especially because high school parties, like you thought they were the best thing ever, and then you come to college and it's like a whole new ball game. You're stepping up to the major leagues. And that kind of uh, takes over a little bit, and kids don't really know how to handle it, and they don't really know how to say no. And that's kind of uh, one of the scarier things for people. But, I mean, at the same time, there's definitely a way 
I mean, I was lucky enough to not really get into too much trouble for my drunk antics, but, uh, I mean, there's, you just gotta be able to understand when, when to say no and when to back away or, or just learn how to handle the alcohol a little bit betterly. Man, I remember, you know, dare classes as a kid and, and all that stuff, no peer pressure. And when I was 10 or 11, I would tell myself, yeah, no one's going to tell me what to do. Uh, but then you're right. Like you step in and, and your best buddy buys a round of shots and you're not going to say no. And next thing leads to the next. And if you're not careful, yeah, things can get really troublesome. What about, uh, what about the dating scene? Obviously, <laughs> online dating is huge and the apps. I've always wondered this though. Tinder, Bumble, all that kind of stuff. Do you even need that in college? Do you guys even use that? Or is that just something for old people to do? <laughs> well, without sound, uh, sounding too cocky on online for all the other uh, listeners, I, I did not need uh, the, the dating apps. All right. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but um, it's definitely it's definitely fun. Like, a lot of kids my age or even fresh out of college definitely use those apps. I mean, if not for a relationship, then more of just the, like that late night, hey, you up text. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, just, it's more stuff just like that being used for uh, Tinder and Bumble and whatever other preferences you kind of have. But uh on Drew's campus, maybe not so much, but I have a I have a buddy who used it quite a few times. So, yeah, because college, him. like college Tinder, is just walking into class or to a party or a bar, and you have everyone right there, as opposed to the real world where you got to sift through so much unavailability. So I was just curious because I figured you wouldn't need it on a college campus. That's the one place you don't need dating help. <laughs> yeah, basically. But we're just curious uh, how it went. Let's get an academic question in just to make sure we have something legitimate to talk about uh, a little bit more bona fide. When I was in school, still a lot of books, it was starting to change where you would submit an assignment digitally or the teacher would put up material online that you would go check after class. But it was still kind of a combination. How much from your education now was done online or you know on a computer through apps Versus how much is still the actual, you got to go buy these 400-pound textbooks and handwrite tests and exams and that kind of stuff? Well, our, our tests and exams uh, for, all of, for just about all the classes I had were uh, taken by hand. Uh, yeah, I mean, for a lot of them, I mean, in terms of, cause in terms of the business major, like writing down math problems or solving stuff like that, it was just easier um, to write out the problems. Our teachers wanted to make sure that we didn't have to just type it into a computer with a formula, but we actually understood all the uh, algorithms prior to prior to the computer just kind of doing this for us but um honestly i would say like 95 percent of everything that i used after freshman year was all online i mean i didn't even i stopped buying textbooks they were unnecessary everything was just online and free um there's always a way to find a free a free link so college kids if you're listening don't buy those 400 dollars textbooks there's definitely a way to get it online for a hell of a lot cheaper boom there you go financial advice uh from john richard here <laughs> Uh, no, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, the part I always find myself arguing about this with myself, right? Because the thing where you said about still handwriting your equations instead of just punching in algorithms, but that's all you need to know how to do now. Like if I don't know the answer to something, I just have to know how to Google it to get the answer. If I don't know how to by hand write out an equation, I just have to know how to punch it into Excel to give me the right answer. And I wonder if or when they're going to start teaching that more as opposed to the unnecessary process of it. But maybe I'm just totally off. I don't know. No, I would. No, I agree. And I've, again, I've had those conversations before where it's literally just like, the, well, why am I learning how to do it this way when I can be doing it a completely different way? We actually had a, the one professor who took it into account was uh, my professor Anderson uh, for corporate finance this past semester. He, um, 
he instead of having us use calculators like they would in the past, he actually had us using Excel the entire time trying to teach us more about using the Excel sheets and how to plug in the correct formulas and what shortcuts could get us there instead of having to type everything out. So he kind of was the first one to really take into account, like, listen, here's what you need to do to save yourself time and mistakes and trial and error. You can just get it right the very first time. Shout out Professor Anderson of the future. Guy knows what he's <laughs> um, doing. That's funny because you see all those memes on Instagram, right, where, oh, I wish I could have learned about taxes or mortgages in high school, but the teacher had to teach me parabolas or something like that or happy parabola season with your accountant. And that's the thing. Like we're getting taught all this stuff that we don't need when we could be – being taught all the stuff that would be a lot more useful for us. Yeah, basically. I love the fact that I spent all of our first couple of semesters learning about this circumference of a circle and how do you do all that? That's really going to come in handy later. Sine, cosine, yeah, all that fun <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You'll never need the that best. literally the rest of your life. Biggest regret of your four years in college? Oof, biggest regret? Uh, yeah, uh, wow. Uh, Jesus, I don't even know. Um, I would say probably not applying myself more towards my soccer career. Uh, I mean, I had, I did, I did relatively well in terms of playing soccer, but there's definitely summers or off seasons that I could have taken, uh, more seriously. But then if I take those more seriously, then I kind of miss out on all the other fun I honestly had which would have then made that or my biggest regret so i don't really know it's kind of what was i guess more important but at the end of the day uh, i would say that not not taking not taking soccer as seriously as i possibly could have during the summer or the other off seasons and really going for that extra run or doing that extra sprint at the end and kind of not having that kobe mentality if you will <laughs> that mamba mentality <laughs> that mamba mentality <laughs> but, no you're right double-edged sword because maybe if you push the scales more in that direction you would have missed out on a lot of other fun stuff and you might have regretted that as well so but that's what regrets are for right you never know exactly how you're supposed to feel after the fact all right let's turn it around then and besides graduation finally getting that diploma what was the the happiest moment of your four years what are you going to look back on and really love the most as you move farther and further away from your four years in college <laughs> again it kind of comes back to uh to, to soccer and the, the teammates that I kind of built over, uh, you don't really understand what it's what it's like to be in part of a brotherhood that that serious and that deep and that important. And so you kind of go through everything every single day for four years with uh, your graduating class. Because I mean, classes come before you and classes are there after you. But that class you graduated with was uh, was there for you through thick and thin. And all of us have one of the better relationships that I can really think of. And uh, I would just say being able to spend time with them and going through those four years and making our conference playoffs this, uh, this year was probably one of the happiest moments being able on the, those bus rides back from five hour away trips, just screaming, celebrating, drinking on the back of the bus. So coach didn't see and just having some fun. Those were, those were the best memories out there. I've always been super jealous, whether it's college athletes or minor league baseball players or professional athletes that I've always been around to work that camaraderie, those of us on the outside, we don't know what that's like. And I can only imagine what four years of those bus rides and those practices and that locker room talk could really be. And so I'm jealous. I, I definitely hear it in your voice that you really loved it. So props to, to, to you and your, and your fellow mates, your teammates. All right, John, 
Before we get to the end of the show, we got a couple segments we close on. Uh, last question for you here. If you had, and you kind of gave a little bit of advice before, don't buy textbooks, but if you had one piece of advice to give to college freshmen next year, something that you wish you knew when you were coming in, that fresh-eyed uh, 18-year-old, what's the one piece of advice you're giving new college students for next year? Uh I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a cliche, but uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, we all we all go out there. We all make mistakes, and we all try and have fun and do what's best for us in that in that moment. Uh, literally embody the the phrase "work hard but play harder." Oh, uh, okay. The parents are yeah. love hearing that. <laughs> yeah, get your well. It's our last four years, and as long as you're able to, uh, life is kind of like a reward system. If you put in the work necessary and you succeed the way you're supposed to be, then everything else kind of falls into place for you. Um, but don't be afraid to skip a class. Uh, don't be afraid to study a little bit more when you actually should have, but just make sure that you go out there and enjoy it and understand that it really is just a checks and balances system. Make sure one doesn't outweigh the other. I always live by that rule. As long as you get the results, no matter how you got there, that's what's important. Some people disagree, but I tend to be with you on that same page on that one. So college freshman of next year, take it to the books. All right, John, we end with uh, the same two segments every show. One is the fun five, which are five Quick, fun questions. We'll get to that first or second. But first, I give every guest the chance to turn the tables on me and ask me any one question they want. So if you got anything you want to ask me, dude, fire away. No, I'll turn one of your questions on you then. Uh, is there any class that you wish you could have graduated with instead of the one that you graduated with? Yes. I wish I would have graduated a couple years after me. I've thought about this before because I was kind of caught in a weird time for my industry at least, right, for media and for broadcasting, because there was a traditional way to do it, which was on old machines and actual cameras, and you go into local news or local sports and kind of work your way up from a small market down to bigger and bigger cities. Right after me was the Internet explosion, everything on iPhones, YouTube celebrities, uh, being able to put stuff on any social media, not having to worry about going for traditional jobs along the way. And I was stuck right in the frickin' middle where they were still teaching us the old ways on old machines and old software. And then by the time I graduated, the real world was all about this new digital online stuff that I really had no preparation for and I had to learn on the fly. So I wish if I graduated in 2007, which I actually did, maybe graduating in 2010 because the recession wouldn't have really affected my industry that much. I was still getting work regardless, but yeah, a couple of years later when it would have been, they would have been teaching us all this digital new stuff would have made my life a lot easier. So that's <laughs> a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know this until after the fact, right? You never know you're living in a moment in history or a fad or an era until later. But, yeah, so looking back now, that's the easy answer. But at the time, I wouldn't have known any different. I would have thought it was the best year to graduate ever, but I was wrong. All right, John, fun <laughs> five. Five quick, fun questions designed for you and you alone. Number one, you were in college the traditional four years, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Which was the best of the four years, your favorite? Best of the four years, my, so- my sophomore year. Yeah, that I've already been around college, but I'm still young, no carefree, that nice little year number two. Year number two, and we had uh, what I like to think was probably the closest team for four years, and we were all just having a hell of a time every single day, every single weekend. So I would say sophomore year is probably my best year. Awesome. Question number two. 
I walk into a college party today, and if they don't kick me out for being too old and I can stay around and I take a look, what is the most popular drink? What am I seeing kids enjoying the most in college these days? Uh, beer, I would say uh, anywhere from Natty to Bud Light. Nothing more expensive than that. Okay, and, so the, uh, the craft beer of, revolution hasn't trickled down to college kids yet because of price, I'm assuming. Yeah, until prices change, then absolutely not. All right, um, cool. In terms of hard alcohol, I would say a bottle of Captain Morgan or some, some Svetka. I like it. Question number three, uh, social media. We've talked about it a lot. We've alluded to it, and I think they all have their kind of stereotypes and the connotations, but you've got Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. Of those four, rank them in terms of the ones you use the most or the ones you like the most down to the least. Uh, let's see. I would say, and and you, let's say, you know, your, your age group in general, I'd say if you can stereotype or generalize. Yeah, I would generalize it in terms of, I would say, uh, Snapchat first as the favorite, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Do you guys get pissed that like Instagram just steals all Snapchat stuff? Why do you keep using Snapchat when Instagram has all the same features now, you know? Yeah, uh, I don't know. People people still really haven't caught on to that whole entire Instagram story. I know I've never posted one. I think it's kind of stupid, and I think they are just stealing everything away from Snapchat. But uh, I don't know. You're just never going to sway away from Snapchat. I just have too much fun with it. It's an age <laughs> divide, I think. If you're 25 and older, I think Instagram stories are the way to go. And if you're 25 and younger, you stick with Snapchat because that's what you've known the whole time. But that's exactly. a discussion for a different day. Question number four. Uh, you know, we're Portuguese together. You love your soccer. You played soccer. Uh, you've seen Portugal win the Euro in person. We've been to the World Cup together in Brazil. Cristiano Ronaldo, he's our, our savior on the pitch. If you got to live, and you cut your hair like him many times in the past, but if you got to actually be Cristiano Ronaldo for a whole year, but the price was that you could never talk to any of your college friends the rest of your life, would you do it? A whole year? Not nah, absolutely not. Uh, the, I mean, don't get me wrong. That'd be one hell of a year. I don't think I'd ever wear a shirt, but, um, uh, in terms of, uh, the relationships I built, no, you can't really put a price on that. What about, so what about his whole career? (laughs) Oh, whole career. I might have to say goodbye to a couple of my buddies. Yeah. All right. Now we're talking (laughs) 400 La Liga goals and a Euro cup and champions, 10 champions, whatever. Yeah. That's maybe a little bit more of a better bet. Um, all right, dude. And question number five in the fun five, who's your favorite cousin, John? Oh, of course, Mike Janelle. Who That's else? the right answer. That's the right answer. <laughs> um, all right, dude, this was awesome. Thanks so much. It's always great to get a little bit of insight into the next generation and the future of our country. I think we're in very good hands, so I appreciate you taking the time, dude. No, I appreciate you having me on, Mike. Anything you want to plug? You want people to – I don't know if you like keeping your social media private or public, but anything you want people to check out or do or donate to or read, uh, you, can, you can make a plug right now. Well, I wouldn't say in terms of any social media, but I would definitely like to thank uh, both my parents, grandparents, sister, and everyone else who played such an important role over the last couple of these four years. Uh, Without them, none of this happens. Oh, so adorable. All right, dude. Well, get back to sleep because your job doesn't start for a couple weeks. I know you're just lounging (laughs) and enjoying life right now. I'll see you in a couple days at your graduation party. That's going to be fun. Yes, sir. Yeah, say hi to the family then. So that's uh, my my little cousin, John Richard Marks, who has now graduated college and is coming into the real world. You can check me out on social media because while John likes to keep his life private and that's the smart move, I am a complete attention whore. So make sure to check out Mike (laughs) Janella everywhere, Twitter, 
Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. I do it all. You can also visit MikeJanella.com to find out more about every previous episodes of the show, catch up on any that you've missed. If any of like John's friends are listening, guys, or people who have not checked my stuff out before, I would love it if you could subscribe to the podcast, review it, rate it. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. They're all over the place, so we would really appreciate it. And thanks to you guys all for listening. All right, John, one more time. Appreciate it, buddy. Have a good day. Thanks, man. You too. Thanks to you guys for listening. I'll try and do better next time. See ya!